the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. A straightforward approach to managing your money. The Rob Black Show. Money is one of those things that this show is clearly about, right? And I think that I'm fortunate enough to talk about money for a living. And I think it's helped me in my money relationships in my life. Talking to my spouse, talking to my children, talking to my parents. Unfortunately, my parents, I never really get, did get to talk to my dad much about it because he had died right around the time I was getting taken off in business. But that's okay. Um, I get to talk to a lot of you are the people that have replaced my dad, so to speak. It's very, very difficult as children to figure out how to talk to adults. Um, I know, I know you talk, you're talking to your, your kids about money and like, at what age do you really get really serious about it? And it, sometimes it, it's the opposite. In my case, you know, me and my brother, David, we had to share the duties of talking to my mom about her money. A lot of people avoid money talks. The pandemic, I think, laid bare why financial professionals say it's crucial to start having everyone plan for an emergency before an emergency truly happens or a death. Last year, you got to hear out my mom had COVID. You got to hear out that she died. And you got to hear out a little bit how the family's dealing with the uh, financial implications that five of the six of her kids didn't care about the money. And one does. So it's important to talk about money so you can have your perspective given versus when you're out of control and you're dead or when you're out of control and like my mom started, she, I'm not going to say she was feeble, but after a couple strokes, um, she wasn't going to win any Jeopardy tournaments, you know? So to get her perspective, it was, it was very important to try to have those conversations. Mom, how much do you want us to spend on your healthcare? Mom, do you want us to keep you alive if you go into a coma? Mom, do you want like that? It's real important stuff. What we tend to find in this industry is try to get to a relaxed position or a relaxed place. If you do a little meditation, maybe a little meditation before you start talking about money. If I had to, one day when I'm going to talk to my children about money, it's going to be an interest. Like right now, they, they know we're doing well. They know we've done well in real estate and stocks and they understand what Apple stock is. Like they have the basics, right? <clears throat> they don't know much about budgeting. But when I do determine the time to tell them like, okay, this is you know what we've set aside for your college. This is what we've set aside for your uh, inheritance. This is when you're going to get it. Um, the Before I even come up with the terms I need to decide, do I want their spouse or their girlfriends involved in conversations like that? Um, I refer to these as high-level meetings. So I determine ahead of time a plan. I determine if their spouse is going to be involved or not. 
in the case of my current relationship, I have a certified financial planner at EP Wealth named Brad. He's really good with my spouse. So I can talk to her about the money. I can have Brad do it. You've probably seen some commercials on television, right? Where an old stockbroker is outside enjoying the view and his clients are in the balcony next door and they're talking to their financial advisor. He's like, hey, what's going on? And it's nice to include the spouse and it's nice to have um, someone help you talk to, with your spouse. It's I love therapy for the record. Um, I think mental health is something that just having someone to talk to is great for your mental health. And um, I think it's really important that you have high-level meetings with family members. And if you can get a professional with you, that's even better. Um, so whether you're talking to your parents about their money, whether you're talking to your spouse about our money, or whether you're talking to your children about what money's going to look like as they age and move on, let's talk about that for just a second. I will have a type of money if I continue to do well in life and nothing untracks me. I will have the kind of money that I'll leave my kids a nice inheritance. Now, when do I want to give it to them? Certainly not at 18. And why do I say that? Because at 18, if I was given a big old dump of cash, I probably wouldn't have finished college. Um, for me, college was kind of a job. And then there was jobs during the summer and jobs on the weekend that would pay for my trips to go to Europe and go to Australia and see the world. It's because I wanted to do that kind of before I got into a career. If my parents had dumped on me $100,000 or $50,000 or a million dollars when I turned 18, I probably would have said, you know what? I don't have to work as hard. The school thing's taking up too much of my time. I can't go to, this, to Europe for the summer if I have to come back to go to, you know, earn some money to go to college. So there's a little bit of planning you have to do. And I think that parents who don't talk to their kids about money aren't doing their job. Now, again, as a parent, I'm not going to judge you. I'm going to tell you what I do. I try to treat my kids with honesty, as much of it as I can give them. Because then I, I can always hide behind that. Uh, whereas some people are like, I'll even let my kids see R-rated movies. As long as it's not too disturbing for me, um, knowing that their minds are a little bit underdeveloped, but I don't want to be too disturbing for them. Uh, one of my kids loves to eat peppers and show off, and he got a scorpion pepper. And I was like, don't eat that. It's going to hurt you. You know, there's there is some parenting where I, I do put a filter on it. I go, that's too extreme. But I love that I talk to my kids about money, and I love that I have an open-door policy. Oh, and by the way, the kid ate the scorpion pepper. Um, on the label, it said, don't eat this if you're a child. He still ate it. Um, he had trouble breathing, and I had to say, okay, it's, I have to monitor this very carefully because I may be taken to the hospital immediately. Uh, but before I could take him to the hospital, he, he started throwing up. So... What went down came right back up, but with a lot of pain. You should be able to have financial conversations with your kid that you are afraid of. What I want you to do is try to 
teach your kids the reasoning behind it. So for instance, if I give money for them to inherit and I want to give it to them when they turn 25, because at 18, I still want them to have that money's tough and go to college thing. And at 25, you're a little bit better money with money than you were at 18. At 18, you're just thinking pizza and video games probably. At 25, you're thinking apartment. So I'm going to give my kids money in tranches at 25 and at 35. And then that's it. That's all, that's all the games I'm going to play. I'm not going to go, well, 45, 55. And I, I don't want my adult grown kids to have to go like, Dad's giving us money in 10 years. He's been dead for 30 years. I'm almost 50. I can use it right now. What conversations would you have with your spouse? What conversations would you have with your mom and dad? What conversations would you have with your children? Start thinking about the reasoning you're talking about money. Not the money itself, but the reasoning of why you have to communicate. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me at robblackshow.com. Have a question? Reach out at robblackshow.com. robblackshow.com. A personal financial plan with custom investment advice. That's why Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. With over $12 billion in assets under management and more than 80 financial professionals at the helm, EP services were built with you in mind. How can they help you? Find out at robblackshow.com. robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Um, excuse me. It's that almost winter season right now. And, uh, let's just say fun, right? I think we've all kind of learned that I get kind of mucusy for lack of a better word during, uh, seasonal shifts. Um, anything you want to talk about money investing in more, um, the one thing I kind of really want to push right here right now is the show's really trying to make investments and personal finance more simple to digest, easy to get through. I would be very cautious looking for advice because I do not think it's a one size fits all. I think for instance, uh, my dad never ever bought any color of vehicle other than blue or gray. That's it. Um, it was typically gray. That was his thing. So if I were to say, why don't you try red? That just wouldn't go with him both ways, right? I can't answer all the questions for you. And when I tell you that I'm really honest to a fault with my children, that may not be your approach and you may have a better approach couple things. What are your retirement goals? I would say this is where it gets into you and not me. Do you want to increase your wealth? Do you want to spend every cent? Are you fearful of running out of money the day you hit 65 and you retire? What's maintaining your lifestyle? There's questions that you have to answer. And I'm not a spend a every cent kind of guy because I am a afraid of running out of money person. I don't need to increase my wealth anymore. And I don't really have a lavish lifestyle. Probably to some I do, just to be fair. 
but we eat out way too often. Um, how much will retirement cost is one of the bigger thoughts that we should all kind of have an art for developing. First and foremost, you need to know quickly divine that there's going to be discretionary spending and non-discretionary spending. Um, non-discretionary could be your living expenses, your day-to-days. How much is it going to cost for those? It could be your debt for whether it be credit card debt, mortgage debt, car loan debt, anything that you owe needs to be accounted for. How much will retirement cost? You need to know your tax scenario. No more surprises. You can't say at the end of the year, oh, I didn't know I was going to owe 100000 No more surprises. You really got to have a good handle on that. Because before you run out of money, you may change your tax scenario or, or downgrade your lifestyle. And another thing that you have to have for retirement is your insurance and healthcare costs. So it's essentially four things. Your living expenses, groceries, heating bills. If you're going to have to relocate, there's going to be a cost in that probably. You need to know your debt, your taxes, and your insurance, and your health care. That's it. Those are the on the non-discretionary side of your spending. That's going to be a, a large chunk of your lifestyle, of your budget. Now, the non-discretionary spending is much more important than the discretionary spending. Discretionary could be things like travel. When I look at television, people seem to enjoy traveling in retirement. I don't know about that. I'm not a cruise kind of person. I don't think I'll ever be a cruise type of person. Um, but also I know that my days of flying to Paris for a good meal, I could just fly to New York for a good meal. I know that the days, like I don't want to go to Paris anymore to see the, you know, U.S. Open or the, the, uh, the French Open, for instance. You don't, I guess you don't see the U.S. Open in France, right? So travel, I'm kind of, I'm kind of confused about in retirement. Um, I'm much more of a beach kind of guy. So maybe as I get older, that'll change. So I have some questions to answer on my discretionary spending. What's my travel budget going to be? What are my hobbies? Um, I don't really have any. Uh, what are the luxuries of my life? Do I enjoy fine wine? Do I like to buy my spouse expensive purses? No. I think you can get by with you know a good twenty to forty dollar bottle of wine. The most expensive wine that I've had was a six hundred dollar bottle of wine, I think. And it, I couldn't tell the difference between that and a forty dollar bottle of wine. So I'm not one of those people who have to go. Oh, you you must be kidding, Rob. You must be kidding. No luxuries in my life like that. Um. I'm trying to think like, to me, like, oh my, this is going to sound really, really ridiculous, but a luxury of my life right now is like getting a haircut. I'm pretty sure I can do it myself. Um, I did it during COVID myself a couple of times and some of it was better than others, but I love getting my haircut. Don't know why. Okay. And um, another discretionary spend. Okay. So non-discretionary, you're going to living expenses, your debt, your taxes, your insurance, your healthcare. Then the discretionary to be travels, your hobbies, the luxuries that you want in your life, and your children and grandchildren. 
out of all my discretionary spending, I'll probably spend more on my children and grandchildren than I do on my travel, my hobbies, and my luxuries. But I can't answer this question for my spouse, and I know her pretty well. What just what's where does her, where do her priorities fall into place? So there's a lot of aspects with children and grandchildren, right? I think they'll kind of be my favorite hobby. I would love to be in a situation of you know, do, providing daycare for my kids so they can go out and live the world and work the world and do what they need to. Um, so I may have a more generous budget for my children and grandchildren than you. I don't know. Everything goes so fast in retirement. Um, inflation's a big thing to really consider about in, in retirement. It's something that you know about but inflation eats away what you have saved. If the average inflation rate continues in the future, a person who currently requires $50,000 for their budget will need $90,000 in 20 years. And you can be expected to live till you're 70 or 90, which could be 20. I mean, it could, what's 50,000 could easily be 140,000, easily by the time you die. So... Right now, if you're 51 years old, you're expected to live to 82. Right now, if you're 60, you're expected to live to 83. Right now, if you're 65, you're expected to live to 84. So you get the ideas there. So in retirement, there's discretionary, non-discretionary spending. But there's also something that I would refer to as uh, non-investment income, which is going to be your salary. Will you work at all in retirement? If so, you'll need to can do some estimates on how much salary you can expect. I'm not counting on it. So I've started setting up an income portfolio to move my salary in when I retire. I ain't got no pension. I ain't got no love. I ain't got no pension. Um, my social security, I, I kind of know where I'm targeting it. And I'll be honest with you. Um, it's probably going to go mostly to my health care. Like it's not going to change the way I live. I'm looking at maybe $20,000. Maybe by the time I get there, it'll be $23,000. But after taxes, that's you know maybe a little bit of my Medicare. I want to, before I retire, be done with my business. And I want to start cutting down on my business real estate. I've got a rental property. Um, I just sold a rental property earlier this year. By the time I unwind, I don't want any rental properties. So unless they're cash flowing better than the market's cash flowing or investments that I can find to cash flow. Um, I don't like being making rental income. I don't like being the landlord because I have this really soft spot in me that I don't want to gouge people. <clears throat> I want to keep it in as good a condition as possible. That's a bad combination. Um, so you should get a... A worksheet. You'll start playing with these when you get there. Uh, determining what you need from your portfolio. The non-investment income, the salary, the pension, Social Security. The expenses, your basic living, your mortgage, your credit card debt, your taxes, your insurance, your health care. The discretionary, the travel, the hobbies, the luxuries, the gifts for family. And right there, you have a basic, very basic plan. Everyone should have a very basic plan if nothing else. I'm using an outline of a guide for retirement that you can get at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow, 
Um, if I were to throw down a little bit more on this is I think you really want to spend some time educating yourself on what retirement's going to look like, how you're going to approach it, how honest you're going to be with it. Um, I think as a nation, we can very much so stop paying attention. I got my hair cut yesterday and the lady was like, oh yeah, the first three months of quarantine, I watched nothing but the news and I kind of gave up on it because it was like just, it was overwhelming. You can't be that person in retirement. <clears throat> you can't get overwhelmed by your finances or information. You can get a copy of this financial retirement guide at Rob Black Show. That's robblackshow.com. Resources to help you manage your money. Visit robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Welcome in. The beginning of the end of summer. Now, it feels like summer has already ended, but I think it's technically this week. Um, how are we doing? Typically, when you say end of summer, you're kind of thinking things in quarterly periods. And we're moving in the final quarter of the year. It's basically three quarters done, right? As we move into fall and winter. Um, not a lot of time left. It's gone by quickly. NASDAQ's up 16.7% for the year. SP 500's up 18% for the year. The Dow Jones Industrial Average up 13% for the year. Bitcoin up a whopping 58% for the year, but not today. More on that in just a second. Oil still the big sector winner up 47% for the year. I would classify the stock market as being in a mood lately. The September sell-off hasn't been all that steep, though. We're within 3% of our all-time highs, but today we've slipped a little further from those. Um, the roof, the roof, the roof is on fire. The debt roof is going to be toyed with this week by the Democrats. They're going to try to suspend the $28.5 trillion debt ceiling as an October deadline fast approaches. This happens every year, it feels like. Without suspending the debt ceiling, the U.S. wouldn't be able to borrow money to pay its bills, and things would get ugly if that happened. Federal government would have to slash spending for programs like Medicaid. Local governments would find it harder to borrow. Financial markets could go haywire. But there's always a solution in the end. So far, I could count on that. It's almost like when you see the, the algorithm for a horror movie and it's like, let's see, there's nine teenage kids here, five women, four men, I bet a woman's going to be the last one surviving. And then in that end of that movie, she dies. Whoa. That's the fear we have of the debt ceiling. Like this is going to be the one time where we didn't see it coming and everyone's going to get wiped out. I don't think that happens. Debt ceiling has been suspended dozens of times over the years, including three times during the Trump administration. It was introduced during World War I so that Congress wouldn't have to approve every bond issuance by the Treasury Department. Business leaders don't care who's in charge. They just want someone to take care of the problem. So I think it'll get done. Last night we saw the Emmys and the streaming wars are just owning it. If you're involved in the streaming wars, your Netflix or HBO, some level Hulu, um, the Emmys were held in person 
much smaller live audience, but bigger than last year's very fragmented view where they would have these huge tables that they'd go around to from as the evening moved around last night, they were all in a building. It's pretty funny. Cause uh, I was like, I wonder what the fax, fax rate is in that room. We think of Hollywood as being liberals and liberals as being pro vaccine. I, I have to guess pretty high up there. Since the crown got crowned, the Netflix show brought home seven wins. Crown became also the first Netflix show to win outstanding drama series, which is typically dominated by HBO. If the crown didn't win, it probably would have been HBO with Mary of Easttown. Ted Lasso won Best Comedy, becoming Apple TV Plus first series Emmy. Um, there's not a lot of programming on Apple TV Plus, but to say like, hey, we've only introduced 10 shows and one of them won an Emmy. Look at us. I can, you can already see the crow talking Apple. Apple heads. Is that what we're going to call them today? Conan and Conan O'Brien was awesome last night. He kept interrupting the broadcast. He crashed the stage for Colbert's uh, win. Clearly, he was a favorite fan favorite to possibly win, and nope, didn't happen. The SNL episode hosted by Elon Musk won an Emmy for Outstanding Contemporary Makeup for Variety Nonfiction Reality Program. Like, whoa. <laughs> it's the one Elon Musk was on. So do you think he's going to be talking to Crow today? I think he will. Uh, the child care. This is a big headline on Wall Street right now. Of all the sectors, desperate filled jobs. The child care industry is sending the most urgent SOS signal right now. Child care is down 126,000 employees since before the pandemic. A drop of about 10% and more than 10,000 workers have left for other industries since June. The median income to be a child care worker is about $25,460. That's the lower 2% of all professions. Child care workers regularly make less than 15 an hour, lower than most retail jobs. College graduates who major in early childhood education earn at least out of the 137 majors. Um... So getting a degree in child education, not exactly a big payoff. Out of all 137 majors you can get a degree in, they're the lowest one. So we as a nation kind of have a child care problem. It's a weird thing to say out loud, right? But the Biden administration is proposing a $450 billion investment in child care as part of its budget. Now you can see why. Short workers, and it's an industry we absolutely must have thrive in the United States. Um, just throwing that down there. One JP Morgan strategist today is saying Ether should be 55% lower based on measures of network activity. Ether's fair trade value is somewhere around 1500 far lower than its current price. Tesla can see a boost as chip shortage woes are starting to subside. That's positive news. Dan Ives over at Wedbros says the electric vehicle company could jump 32% in the next year. Semiconductor supply increases and demand for electric vehicles rises each year, every year for the next five years at least. Goldman Sachs is talking about how the market has steady growth, but they're seeing more likelihood of a 20% correction. Earnings this week, I know Lenar, a big home builder, and Nike are going to come out. Um, word on the street is Nike's not going to have a very good quarter. That may be a buying opportunity, or it could be a selling situation, depending on what you think of the company for the long term. 
Lighthouse is gearing up to battle crypto because crypto is used in ransomware attacks. The U.S. government is preparing a slew of actions to make it more difficult for hackers to use cryptocurrencies to profit from cyber attacks. Don't know what this looks like, but crypto investors are a little bit nervous right now because the stock market's getting kind of schlacked. And as the stock market gets hit, uh, people go to cash. There's the thought that Bitcoin people will go to cash. Regulations come in for Bitcoin. There's no ifs and buts and what's around it. Um, and when it comes, it's it may I don't know what's going to happen. But you can't have a currency that's untrackable to the IRS. Apple's in trouble. The National Labor Relations Board is pursuing Apple over firing of a senior employee who complained about sexual harassment. Man, what's up with the with tech bros? Every every Bay Area tech company seems to have some sort of sexual harassment or underserved role for women in their firm. Elon Musk Starlink internet service will come out of its beta testing phase next month, which means you and I will be able to buy it. I don't know what for, but we will. I've got a nice cable internet connection and I'm good with that, but I don't live that rural. But what's interesting about Elon Musk Starlink internet services, it actually is coming out ahead of schedule for a man who's known for projects not meeting their time schedules. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. An education-first approach to managing your money. This is the Rob Black Show. Questions about how to invest in your retirement? Check out robblackshow.com and get in on the conversation. Subscribe to the podcast and video channels. No one cares more about your money than you do. It's time to start to feel good about your financial future. robblackshow.com. robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Stock market's having a great year, but a bad month. When I've told you today that September is looking uglier and uglier, like, just continues to slip. At some point in time, we're going to go, hmm, this is a, this is 5%. This is actually something. Right now, it's just 3% away from all-time highs. That's closer to all-time high than to zero. So right now, we're not really feeling any pain. Is that, are you okay with that? Uh, because if we go down 15%, this show is going to have a different tone where I'm like, yep, market's down again. People are upset. Today's top stories are China's Evergrande, the world's most indebted property developer with over $300 billion in debt, is reportedly on the brink of defaulting on its debt. The understanding is triggering worries about a systemic financial risk for China that could reverberate beyond China. Um, China and Japan were closed for holidays. But by the end of this week, we'll have a little bit more on Evergrande where they're giving property back in lieu of cash. They're trying not to use all their cash because there's covenants that you sign when you borrow money. Very much so, if it fails, it could bring five other big businesses with it. That's the fear. There's growing angst about Congress failing to raise the debt ceiling. I've seen that angst every year that I've been alive. I've never, maybe one or two years, seen it get, oh, well, that's not going to be a problem this year. Treasury Secretary, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has an op-ed piece in the Wall Street Journal calling on Congress to do so. So least, least of all, what we don't want to do is create our own historical financial crisis. We always seem to go, we always seem to go, well, let's just raise the debt ceiling. 
the infrastructure bills are stuck in a state of limbo as Democrats have been unable to strike an accord with any sort of reconciliation measures and how to pay for it. There's talk now that the promised vote on the $1 trillion bipartisan bill by September 27 could be delayed or voted down by House progressives if it had uh, holds on to its current form. So Senator Manchin, out of Democrat out of West Virginia, he's the man. He's the guy who is the linchpin. And he seems to be loving it. So in the last year and a half, he's been basically the guy who can swing votes. What else is out there today? Um, the S&P 500 closed below its 50-day moving average on Friday at technical level. That brings up concerns about more downward pressure. Today, there's more downward pressure. The Emmys were last night. Um, I would say it, it started with a lot of energy. First hour was held by Ted Lasso speeches that were fun. The whole crowd had a different vibe. Um, I kept seeing like interns like walk into shots with masks on. I think Hollywood was trying to send us a message. Like, look how safe we are. We're really safe, even though the celebrities don't have masks on. Because there was a lot of mess up, messed up shots. Um, but who knows, right? Uh, Netflix was a huge winner. And I bring that up a large part. When I grew up thinking about the Emmys, um, I thought about ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox. And that's it. Um, and the streaming services through the years, they're getting better and better and better. Uh, for years, shows like Game of Thrones or The Sopranos would dominate, uh, from HBO. But now a streamer like Netflix is dominating. That's good news. If you like to watch, t uh, creative content, uh, good news for Netflix for sure. Within reason, they're going to have to raise prices more and more and more in the future to, have as good of quality, it's believed. U.S. market equitous, U.S. market equity strategist at Morgan Stanley has suggested a, an icy path for the stock market going into winter, uh, potentially leading to a 20% correction. How do you feel about that? I'm good with it. Here's the thing is that through the years, I've created a little bit more wealth and a little bit more wealth and a little bit more wealth. Now I've got more than a million dollars wealth. So a 20% correction could be $200,000. Or let's say I've got 10 million. A 20% correction could be $2 million on paper. You can start seeing where big money starts to get a little bit nervous. And again, it can kind of perpetuate. It can gain steam. That's the thing that we're fearing about China's Evergrande, the world's largest, most indebted property developer with $300 billion in debt. That's where people with the real estate get over leveraged and they don't see the worst case scenario. And when it hits, people lose a lot. Tesla plans to expand its full self-driving capability. But the National Transportation Safety Board says, no, 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 no. We're not too keen on this idea. Tesla, I don't know how they got away with this one because um, they seem to pull a fast one on us. Whether, how are they able to market full self-driving? Because full self-driving makes it sound like it's full and it's, it's, it's there to be, you know, done. 
it's really driver assistance or glorified um, um, cruise control. So full self-driving capability doesn't mean what you think it means. And Tesla, I think, should get punished for that or something should happen. Another Tesla car was involved in an accident in Florida over the weekend. We'll let you know what investigators find, but their full self-driving is problematic from a legal standpoint. And Tesla wants to expand it to more urban type of situations. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. The three, oh, I'm sorry, the four pilots um, got back to Earth okay after three days in space. I was kind of hoping they would uh, be picked up by aliens or something. Something entertaining would happen. Didn't come to fruition. So take a look at the stock market stories right now. There's major indices open with big losses today of over 1%. There's expectations for a larger pullback. You do get earnings this week out of Nike and Lennar. DR Horton, they're a big home builder. They lowered their fourth quarter revenue guidance due to continuing significant disruptions in the supply chain, including shortages and delivery delays in certain building materials. I bought a four by four this weekend. I was shocked at the price. Just a, a big old board. I was stunned how much it was. To the tune of like one piece of wood was eighty dollars. It's a nice piece of wood, um, but you can see why the home builders are having problems. Uh, now, wood lumber prices have come down significantly in the last two months, but there's a lot of inventory system that was overpriced. Um, so the home builders are going to give us some good insight into maybe some inflationary pressures. That's the thought. Pfizer said that their uh, vaccine's good for kids 5 to 11. Yay. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. An education-first approach to managing your money. This is the Rob Black Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.